When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Real Vision Daily Briefing. It's Tuesday, December 14th, 2021. I'm Maggie Lake here with Thomas Thornton, the founder of Hedge Fund Telemetry. Tommy, great to see you. You call me Thomas. That's good. Um, my mom. I felt like I felt like serious Thomas. today. Yeah. Okay, I'm very serious today. No <laughs> jokes. Um, but it, it it does kind of feel a little bit like that for some people watching the market because it, it, it kind of feels like everyone's waiting for some shoe to drop, right? We had another hot inflation reading, PPI, which measures inflation at the wholesale level, up 9.6 year over year. I think that was a record annual increase coming on day one of the Fed meeting that everyone's been waiting for. And we saw tech stocks get hit again today. Then your treasury creeping a little higher. It's still holding pretty steady though, around 1.43, 1.44%. But what do you make of that sell-off in technology? Okay, well, I, the, it was just bound to happen because we've been seeing the, you know, we've had this um, these five stocks leading the market higher. And let me see if I can remember them all. It's of course, uh, Apple, Microsoft, Nvidia, Tesla, uh, Google, did I miss one? So those, those uh, according to David Costin at Goldman Sachs, represent 51% of the total return, just five stocks in the S&P this year. It's much higher in the NDX, obviously, because that's what the NDX is. Mm. But I've been getting some DeMarc indications or some signals, exhaustion signals, uh, and I run um, several custom charts with indices. So I have one with Apple and Microsoft alone. And yesterday we had some upside exhaustion signals, and lo and behold, they reversed. Um, that's what they're supposed to do, and they do it quite often. Sometimes they don't, and when they don't, it's actually a good sign that uh, the trend is going to continue. But right now, I think that uh, we have, you know, a very hot inflation number with the PPI, which uh, th those are what the producers are paying for goods and materials that they're going to have to pass through to whoever's buying them through, yeah. you know, through the retailers. And that's going to be a trick. Um, so it, to me, inflation's here. I think uh, Jay Powell saying it's not transitory or they retired that term. Uh, yeah, you're right, Jay. It's not transitory, but it's going to be a little bit more evident going into uh, the next uh, couple months of what's happening. And it's going to, that PPI, I think, is going to hit margins and earnings, corporate earnings, a little harder uh, in Q1. Yeah. And and do you think that because they're not going to be able to pass it along or it's just, the, you know, the the entire thing, even if they can pass some along? I mean, some of these increases we've seen, and by the way, this coming, so this lags a little bit, we know, um, but we know already that you know China shuts some factories in an area where they've got. We've, we're still dealing with these variants, so it kind of drags out that whole supply chain issue, doesn't it? Yeah, I, it it actually does, and I think 
it, the supply chain is going to take a while. I think everybody's been saying that. And what I worry about going into, you know, maybe mid uh, 2022 is that demand's going to start to decline yeah. because prices go up and then the consumer says, you know what, I'm not going to go out to dinner. I'm not going to buy that item. I'm going to, I'm going to hold back because I can't afford it. Then the, you're going to start to see um, the, the commodity prices and other uh, inflationary uh, issues start to come down. Uh, so that, that, that may be mid uh, 2022. I'm, I'm working on my, uh, my year of 2022, all the predictions and I have it in my, Little book here. Just oh, I love it. We're gonna, we're gonna wait. We're gonna have to get the. Things, the oh my wow! I need it's to get done, book. but probably won't. You see that? <laughs> so I'm working on it. Awesome. Well, we we'll definitely want to hear about that when you get it done. Let, let's go back to some of those tech names you were looking. So we know we're talking about the supply chain. We know Apple's had some issues with some, you know, some of the ever, you know, many, especially companies who have consumer-facing products, but. The fact that we're seeing the selling in tech, is it linked to fundamentals? Is it linked to inflation and concerns about higher rates? Or is it or is it the charts telling you something? Have we sort of seen this building for a multitude of reasons, including, you know, the the sort of type of people who've been playing in this? Well, All of the, the bottom line with Apple is they've come out a few times and they've I mean, through the Nikkei and other forums where they try to leak out uh, bad news. Saying that they're going to have, a, you know, fewer iPhone sales, and the market didn't care. Uh, there's been even a story about demand issues that they that they hit the suppliers in Asia. I've had some Asia. I have a couple Asia clients who are tech analysts and write in you know ground zero for um, technology, and they've said now that, that Apple still looks really strong. But I think people are buying the stock. Because it works, it's mm. easy to understand. It's a great company. They've got a buyback that it, I'm sure that um, whoever's doing it has their elbow on the buy button, just <laughs> pegged. And they've got lots of cash. But here's the problem. It's trading well over 30 times earnings, which is historically very, very high. And with all these you know, $200 priced targets, I think some B of A upgraded them today. and. Put two fifteen on their price target. It's that's that's at thirty five times earnings, mm -hmm. and to me, I think that's just it's too rich. I'm not going to pay that uh, for Apple. I have a little Apple and some accounts that are long term, but I'm not I'm not at all inclined to buy the the stock here at this price. It it makes no sense, and I think it's ripe for a pullback and a disappointment come earnings. Yeah, you bring up a good point because with so many of these big cap, mega cap tech names, we so many people are conditioned to buy the dip because it has worked. And you know, let's not forget, there's nowhere else to go. There isn't there isn't anything else. Tina, you know, there is no yeah. alternative, whatever you want to call it. Is that mm -hmm. is that trade over? Well, let's remember that the majority, uh, like I mentioned. There are a lot of stocks down significantly from their highs, and 
I'm looking. I can run my screen. Actually, we should we should talk we should talk about that because I think you know whenever we talk about and if we maybe we want to talk about the S and P broadly, whenever we talk about that, people say we're like oh it's trading off and but then everyone turns around and said well remember it's really close to its record high still so it feels like it's been terrible but then when we saw that pullback earlier kind of drifted back up to record highs again. But what do we know? What do we need to know about what's going on underneath the sort of market headline? Does it look different if you move away from just looking at the S and P 500 headline? Yeah, if you, I mean, I'm a stock picker, and this has been a market that's uh, with these mega cap names that have hidden a lot of the underlying weakness in the market. If you look at the Russell. Uh, it it's near at the low of right there. The, you're it's at the low of the range almost for the whole year, and I, I only have six months on there. But that also has a downside to mark countdown, a sequential countdown on day six. So what makes me a little concerned here with the Russell is that when you have this countdown, um, not near thirteen, and you're near the support levels, this thing could go and break below that two ten level. On the Russell, and that that gives me a bit of an eerie feeling uh, heading into the end of the year. And my note today was, you know, about you don't need to be a hero. And there's not a lot of people that are on desks um, managing a pad of of a portfolio or mutual fund or hedge fund that are saying, hey, let's go out and take a lot of risk right now. Mid December, we've had a good year. Nobody really needs to squeeze another one to two percent out if their year's been good. And that's why hedge funds de-risked and took down a lot of exposure in the last month. Uh, it's caused a bit of a whip uh, up and down. But hey, shorts have been winning lately. And we were talking about the Goldman Sachs uh, most shorted basket. Um, mm -hmm. And this is within their prime brokerage, the number of, well, the stocks that are most shorted. And that's down in the last month, 20%. 20% most shorted, that's pretty good, down 9% in the last five days. Wow. So I'm a long short manager. I like to find dispersion. And this has like been great for that that environment. It's been fabulous. Is there is there does it look like there's still downside? In those names, like are you are you continuing to short those names, or do you feel like that move is has happened? I, I think what what happened um, recently, and at the previous low that we just had, I put out a note saying we're at critical levels, and it was either make or break. And and what are we, we looking at here? Are levels. we looking at S and P five hundred? Are we looking at Russell? What do you what, what what's make it, or it break? It could be really. I mean, I mean, you can look at the if the Russell, the S and P, the the Nasdaq, Qs, whatever. It, everything was basically at a level where and sentiment and and some demark indicators. Everything was at a level where I said, hey, if if this goes a little further south, we're in trouble. But it, we bounced, and many of those indices made lower high bounces, which is a concern. Lower high bounces uh, trap people. And now, like the Russell, I think there are a lot of people that, that bought that bounce. There was a lot of volume. And now they may start to get underwater. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with lips and ads. 
Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N-Ads.com. You know, I, I want to come back and talk about some, we have a question. I want to talk about some individual names, but it's, you know, it's interesting that you're, we have to pay attention to the relationship and what's happening here uh, with the inflation, um, not only in regard to the Fed, but as you mentioned before, in terms of margins, and Chris Alexander spoke with, uh, um, and, and this interview is out today with Steve Clapham about stock performance in an inflationary environment. Let's have a listen to what they had to say. I believe there's been a high amount of inflation. I know the, the statistics don't tell you that, but certainly, you know, if I look at my outgoings, things like, so what do I spend money on? I spend money on school fees. School fees have only- okay, so that's, Yeah, you don't have to say anything about that. Everybody knows that. Health insurance, medical yeah. insurance, yeah. Yeah. only gone up. Same. House insurance, only. I mean, you know, all these, all the things that I spend a lot of money on, they're all, they've all been rising. So, you know, I, I mean, I think there's been inflation in the system. It just hasn't really come out in the statistics. I think so if you look for two years, what's your base case well, for the I, macro? I mean, honestly, I'm not in the business of yeah. macro forecasting. And I kind of just try and buy stocks that look like they're going to be re-rated. And I don't, you know, I, I have a macro framework in mind. And so, you know, when I'm looking at stocks, I'm thinking, Okay, I don't know whether inflation is going to be four or five, six, eight percent. I mean, I, all of these are plausible. Two yep. percent, I think, is probably less likely. So, what do I want? I want companies which have pricing power, which have got the ability to pass their costs on, and that's the only thing that matters. Because if you don't have pricing power, you're going to get screwed. Your margins are going to fall, and margins start at very, very elevated levels. So, you either want a business in which they're not susceptible to those cost pressures. Very rare to find any. Or you want companies that have pricing power. You know, it's interesting time. By the way, that full interview is available on Essential Plus and Pro Tiers, and it and it hit drop today. So check it out. Um, you know, it's interesting, Tommy. I feel like for a while, you know, it was sort of people broadly looking at their stride. The idea of having to sort of look at the fundamentals of individual companies and decide whether our pricing power. I don't know that everyone's been doing that due diligence in that same way for a while because you really haven't had to. Um, do we need to start doing that more? We should I have been doing so. it all along. We should have been doing it all along. But like, is this going to be become much more of an individual stock story as opposed to broad indus, broad sector type of story? Well, Apple, just go back to Apple. Apple's had pretty good pricing power and they've been able to raise prices mm -hmm. moderately over the years and people keep buying their products. And um, I think that's, you know, that's a, the one of my favorite pricing power um, stories are out there. Uh, he talks about healthcare. Yep, healthcare companies can raise prices because insurance companies will continue to pay, and insurance companies raise prices on the consumer because the consumer has to have it. And so, yeah, I agree. I 100% agree on pricing power. We have a we have a question uh, from Anthony S. Um, saying, uh, can you discuss, given the fact that, you know, we look like we're in it, shorts have been winning, we look like we're in an environment where it's going to be a little dicey for stocks. Can you discuss stocks that you'd be looking at in the event of a larger drawdown? I guess we, A, should establish if there is going to be a larger drawdown. Discuss mm -hmm. stocks you'd be looking at. Okay, well, I have a whole portfolio of stocks that I am short. I'm, I'm still short DoorDash. Uh, I think that one has... Talk about no pricing power. 
Uh, that one still has vulnerability on the downside. I'm looking. I'm I'm short Adobe. They report earnings this week, and the stock just fell out of bed. Uh, was downgraded and looks extremely over uh, overextended. And they have a similar product in not everything, but Adobe I think is a great company. But like DocuSign and DocuSign came out whiffed earnings and the stock was murdered. And that could be possibly something that could happen as well, because Adobe has a bit of a sign online type of fill out your PDF thing. So that could be uh, an issue uh, to watch. And it's so extended out there. And we did have some DeMarc exhaustion 13s on the exact high. And 680.80 is where I am short. Uh, I, I think, you know, look, it's hard to... Um, when you're looking for good shorts in the market, avoid the obvious. And okay, I occasionally will you know go for the obvious, and I you know I'm short Tesla, but that's that's a whole another story. But you don't want to necessarily short the you know the the meme stocks here. That just you can get run over as they bounce and get get crazy. Uh, you want to be looking for stocks that are breaking down that have a lot of uh, overhead supply uh, of of people that bought higher. Uh, that actually is Tesla, and companies that have exhaustion signals and that are overloved, and also companies that don't have uh, a high amount of short interest. And and by the way, Tesla does not have a high amount of short interest. It's actually the lowest it's ever been in its history. So that's one of the reasons why I added more to my Tesla short last week. Um, and here's a pro tip: Don't ever talk about Tesla that you're shorting it on Twitter because people <laughs> will come out of the woodwork. They're but it's coming but for it's you. Great. They're coming for you. We 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 said we we should call you Teflon Tommy because honestly, like the 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 fact that you're brave enough to sort of engage at all because so many people and especially I know there was a whole back and forth after he got Time Magazine person of the year. We actually have to hold off on talking about Tesla because that's all we'll end up talking about because of all the people that yeah, love yeah. spar with Tommy about it's, this. It's but, it's a chaos. It is total <laughs> chaos. It is. But I I, I I applaud you for for doing the work to have a two-way conversation about I, it. I, I will I will mention a couple other um things that I've I've recently started to short. I've started to short some of the home builder indices. Uh, I have a monitor that's on this side of my page here, and ITB and XHB, which I'm short, these were the most, uh, the highest above the 50-day moving average of, of all my ETFs. And I, I look at uh, how far extended they they get above the 50-day, and I can look at historically uh, how much how how far they t typically go, and my monitor has all the ones that are high above the 50-day gravitate towards the highs and on the lows. Um, like, for example, OIH oil, uh, oil uh, services is down 8.8% uh, below the 50-day moving average. That was at the top at a point, and we did short that, and now we're out of those, those shorts. So, look, I think that um, you can do a lot of uh, good shorting by using technical indicators. Everybody's rolling their eyes, but and you don't need to necessarily go to war with the CEO or be an activist to make money. I covered AMD and Nvidia today, both twelve percent gains, and those are great companies. Again, 
over love, had over overhead supply, exhaustion signals breaking down. Yeah, and you and, and you have to them. pay attention. You have to pay attention. These are these are these. You don't put these on. You you got to really pay attention to all these signals you're saying. It sounds like it's a shorter. This is a good question, actually. I'm assuming that you have a pretty short term, you know, short time horizon when you're doing this. But we do have, um, when it comes to shorting, how large, small in terms of positions do you take and what determines your exit? So how do you know when to get out? Yeah, this is a really good question. Um, there's times where I like to ride a, a short from the mark exhaustion 13 on the top to the exhaustion 13 on the bottom, which by the way, Robin Hood has a 13 on the bottom today. And that was my last time I was on, it's down 45%. Um, which yeah, last time yeah. you were on, you recommended shorting Robin. Yeah, so I, that would be which, and that and that one turned out to be extraordinary. And uh, occasionally, you get lucky and you really have a great return. My, I, I'm a big believer in understanding how to weight your own portfolio. And I weight my my largest weighting is five percent. That's it. And I usually will start with two percent. Add if I'm wrong a little bit, and I still believe it, I'll add more to get to five percent. Then I use stops. Um, and I'm often wrong. And if I'm wrong, I cover, I move on. That's part of the game. But the, the sizing is really, really important and sizing properly based on the asset that you have. Um, you don't want to oversize something when it's really volatile because it'll cause you, you know, the, the headaches and indigestion and sleepless nights. You don't need that. You you size appropriately for the volatility that that the instrument has, and yeah, I think that's that, really important. Really important. And and as far as covering things, there's a lot of times where I'll look at a shorter term chart and see maybe look for example the Nasdaq today was trying to find a level at three on the the Qs at three eighty four and um, S and P at four sixty, and both of them had fifteen minute. Um, time frame to mark 13s. So I looked at it and said, you know what? I don't mind taking some profits here. It's ring the register on stocks that, if they if the market does bounce with uh, the Fed tomorrow or Friday uh, or Thursday and Friday, I, I think that um, Nvidia, AMD are going to rip higher because mm -hmm. that's what people will run to those, and they're oversold a little bit. So that's fine. But this when I when I go on, go, no, go ahead. Oh, I'm just rallying here. No, no, rambling. no. This is this is really important because we, we this is we have a lot of questions about the process. You know, as people, um, I think, build on their experience, they want a little bit more detail. So this is fantastic. So, so this you're talking yeah. about how to exit, right? Like when to take the money off the table. This is the this is the hardest question to answer. You know, the the thing that um, is really hard, and and I'll tell you that it, when you're when we in our hedge fund, uh, the hedge fund I worked for. There were times where we would we'd never get the bottom to cover and we'd never get the top to sell uh, perfectly. And a lot of times it was that it'd go down and then come back up and we'd have to cover and it wasn't imperfect. It was an imperfect cover or uh, something went up and we're long and it came down and we, we sold it, not at the highs, but we made money. The other thing is, and if anybody ever everybody on this um, that's watching this has, has thought to themselves, what should I do here? What should I do? Should I take this off? Should I buy more? Should I sell? You know, do half. 
Okay. I've always like people always ask me, what do you do and what should I do with this? And I'm like, well, take half off if you have, you know, indecision in your head. It's often good to take half off ahead of earnings or a Fed uh, decision or something like that. You can always add back. And we were notorious for constantly turning around or turning over our portfolio, uh, trading around positions. Uh, so we'd be long something, we'd take profits on the way up and comes down, we buy more and vice versa on the short side. And that I think is, is just part of my process that I grew up with. And everyone, especially people that are newer in the market, are going to learn something from people they meet or people they follow throughout their career and and they build their own process. I can't right. say to myself, you know, oh, I'm Tom Thornton and you have to follow my process. No, it's, and, and you have is, to see what your your risk, you know, your risk appetite, yeah. how much you can elude. You know, everyone's going to be different. They have to evaluate their own personal financial situation. These are some really good things to think of as you go through and are formulating. And it's funny you say take half because there is this weird tendency to think you have to do it all. Like sell it all, buy it all, uh, cover it, it all. You know, you like do we, it we're, all. We're, I don't know. Human beings are programmed like that. Yeah, if you do it all, and then it goes against you, or you beat yourself you up. You know, yeah, you're like, so okay, fine. You took some profits, and you could have made more. You could have done, could have, could have, whatever. That's the worst thinking. And yeah. I, it's again, this is an imperfect business. And I think people need to realize that, that they're never going to get the perfect low right. or high. Uh, you can try, but take some off. If you, you know, I always tell people, yeah. if you're if you're making money on the way up, take a little off and you'll sleep a little better. You lock it in. And I, that's some of the, the better uh, fund managers I know will do that. They'll do yeah. it. Those that are on the, the, the clock um, monthly, they'll, they'll trade like nuts through the beginning 10 days of the month, build up some gains and then stretch it out a bit and, you know, swing a little harder for the fences. And I, that's, you know, there's a famous fund manager that uh, would do that um, based in Stanford, Connecticut, that, that was notorious for that. And when you have a gain, it's kind of like baseball. If you have a, if your, your team is as a lead, if you're the manager of the Yankees and, they have a five nothing lead in the fourth inning. You're going to be able to play a lot more aggressively uh, throughout the rest of the game, and that's something that I try to do. I try to get, I try to book gains myself in the beginning of the month, and sometimes I'll take a little time off at the end of the month if I'm having a great month, and settle down a little bit and recharge. So it's yeah. it's. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. I, I, we, were te- we were teasing game. that t- we're lucky Tommy came with us today because I think that's one of these months and especially coming to year end, we're, we're grateful that you didn't, that you didn't hang it up, uh, hang it up yet. We have a question from half, which I, I think is interesting. Back to Tesla. <laughs> I, I know, right. Back to Tesla. Um, why not short other EV companies that aren't making cars like LCID? Mm-hmm. 
Well, one of the well, again, that the um, you know that that's a good that's a good point. One of the problems is um, LCID uh, Lucid has very high short interest. I mean, mm. I'm just gonna do my little. Where do you see that? Where do you see that, Tommy? Is that on the Bloomberg terminal, or where are you seeing? Where it's are you on getting Bloomberg? That? And I also I'm a big fan and user of uh, Phil Erlanger's research, which he is the best. And their research is the best for short interest. So I'm just going to look at short interest. I haven't really looked at it. Uh, we also have someone, while you're looking at that, Larry's asking about, you mentioned DMARC indicators. Where can retail mm -hmm. investors find that? Uh, retail investors uh, probably can't. I wouldn't recommend uh, getting a Bloomberg terminal. It's super expensive. Mm -hmm. And you can now get it through DMARC.com. Oh, wow. I'm not affiliated with DeMarc. I'm probably their biggest uh, fan, and I've used the indicators for over 20 years. I talked and conversed with all the DeMarc people for many years. I think they they do great work, and it takes a while to learn. I do at Hedge Fund Telemetry, my site, I post maybe 40 charts a day that have DeMarc indicators. I try to explain what's happening and why and what's gonna, what it's going to do and why they don't work, because sometimes they don't work, and what that means. Uh, so I, I, you know, I'm sort of educational as well as which is well, you so. are amazing at, at, and very generous with what you know, Tommy. Um, I have to say. Um, uh, oh, so wait, one thing, yeah, Lucid. Here's Lucid, the thing: the short interest. Yeah. Okay. It has uh, eight percent of the float is is short, and that's that's not terrible. But the problem is, it's um, it shows it's it shows the days to cover very low. So Tesla three percent of the float is short. And the the day the, the volume is still high there, so the short interest ratio is like one day to cover on Tesla. And uh, so I, I I I'm I, Rivian and some of these others. You know I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, I don't like to necessarily shorten new issues as well. Yeah. Sometimes I like to see the stock uh, you know mature for a while, go through an earnings or two. Um, you know they only have positive things that are going to come out. I mean, positive things like releasing and selling a car, uh, but in Tesla crazy has things a lot like of that. Crazy things well. for a car company. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I look. I and I was a big believer, and I talked a lot about Ford, and I think Ford's great. I'd love to buy Ford again on a dip, and it is dipping a bit. Uh, back over twenty. I I'd like to buy it in the the mid teens if possible, and that's. That's entirely possible in 2022. They have um, great products, and I think it's it's great. And the other thing with Tesla is that the valuation is just nuts. I mean, yeah, uh, Lucid, Rivian, those are those make no sense as well. But again, those are too new. They have too many people trying to bet against them, and it's a day trader's heaven. And I, I'll just stick to Tesla. I think it's um, and the CEO selling tons of stock. Hey. Yeah. What do you know? Um, but, but we're almost out of time. But I do want to ask you. So we're going. We're coming out the Fed meeting tomorrow. You mentioned some of the shorts that you're liking, um, but relative to coming out of the you know positioning with the Fed meeting, what should people you know, or what are you doing, and what do you think's wise here, um, given that we could see some volatility if something unexpected happens? I covered. Well, I covered some some things today. So you're playing it safe. 
Yeah, I, I still have, like, I have a large cannabis uh, holding, uh, long holding, and that doesn't matter. Uh, I've been saying that's a 2022 theme on the long side, and I bought it pretty good. Because it it's good. getting, it's been, have you, is that it's recent? Because hit. cannabis is, Tony Greer was just on saying, like, he's ready to throw his hands up. I mean, he can't make any sense of it because it's just getting so beat down that sector. Yeah, you've got tax loss selling happening as well late in the year. So it's, I, and there's, there was supposed to be this safe banking act and it didn't yep. really play out. But uh, the, as far as the Fed, um, okay, so everybody expects the Fed to raise the amount on the taper. Goldman has said they're going to double it to 30 billion a month. And Bank of America said the fund managers survey said by April, the taper will be done. I think that's possible. And if it's, everybody expects a very hawkish Fed tomorrow. And, but everybody also expects a bounce in the market. And I, I just am not quite sure that can happen. It might, and I, I'm sort of positioned uh, mentally for it. And if it, if it happens, I probably will buy some, but it's always that, then what, towards the end of the year, mm -hmm. you know, what's going to, propel it what's going to really move things more and that night when people start to realize hmm, the fed is tapering more uh it's not you know Jay Powell will say it's not tightening but in many respects it is then i want to watch the bond market because if rates start to move higher that's going to be something that's going to hurt uh tech and that could you know put a pause on everything so it's going to be like in the next week we're going to we're going to know but I, I don't think you need to be a hero and you say, oh, I'm going to go out and buy, you know, calls on the SPY out of the money. I just don't think you need to do that right now. They may work, but um, I just don't think the risk reward is is great because if it doesn't work and that those people don't get the bounce they want, we're, we're like at levels that we could just the bottom can fall out. And then what? I, I just don't I just don't see a lot of liquidity in the market right now for for. The people to to hold on to, through the end of the year. Some fantastic advice, and yeah, it feels a little different this year end uh, for sure. Tommy, thank you so much uh, for being with us, and thanks to all of you for watching. Um, hopefully, we get a chance to talk. But if we don't before the end of the year, Tommy, have a fantastic holiday, and you we are going to look forward. And everybody, to, and we're going to look forward to seeing your 2022 from that little notebook. We want to know yeah, your thoughts. Get that done. Absolutely. Get on it. Uh, in the meantime, Alfonso Pacatiello. Alf is back. He's going to be here tomorrow with Darius Dale, which should be a great conversation. In the meantime, take care and good luck out there. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com.